But this morning, we are truly, truly blessed. Uh, and I give God praise for that this morning. And before service is over, we'll have Brother Austin come and greet you this morning. It's an honor to have him and Kyla in the house with us today. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. And those in the sanctuary this morning, I am going to ask you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, chapter number three. I, I know this is a story that maybe many of you are familiar with. But for a little while this morning, for a little bit of time, I want to take you on a journey with me through this story. And I want to, if the Lord would help me today, try to bring to light to you just how powerful you can be. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, you got power you don't know of. Amen. But oftentimes, I think we do know, according to the word of the Lord, that yes, we have power and all those types of things, but there is some key principles that has to be followed in order for you and I to really experience that which we need to experience today. Now, this morning, our nation, as well as the nations of the world, is in desperate need of a real, authentic, genuine move of the Holy Ghost. Okay, you hear me this morning. When I say that, what I'm really saying is that we are a nation, as well as other nations, that needs a real revival move of the Spirit of God. But that will never take place until there is a proclamation of the Word of God. Now, there is the Word, and then there's the Word. Okay? Now, most of you, let me just take us on a little journey real quick before I read our text. There is the Logos Word, which is the written Word of God. Most of us are familiar with that. I pray that you handle it every day. I pray that you, you, you got one of these that's fallen apart. And, uh, and, I, and I pray that that Logos word, the written word, uh, is, is continually been put into your life in some way, shape, or form. Now, but beyond that, there is the rhema word. That is the spoken word. And the spoken word of God is always in alignment with the Logos word. But can I tell you, the rhema word is different at times, meaning this. The rhema word of 1970 is not the rhema word for today because it's a different season. It's a different, it's a different environment, and we're different on the prophetic landscape of time. And therefore, it's wonderful to go back and to listen to Brother Jack Cole from 1950s and listen to the word of the Lord. And, and it's wonderful to go listen to other men that I could mention of, such as R.W. Shambach and these guys. And man, they was a voice for their day. And while what they preached was in alignment with the Logos word, and it was the written word, but it was also anointed to be a rhema word for the hour. But now we have moved progressively on this prophetic timeline and we're in a season of acceleration and therefore it is not feasible nor is it using wisdom 
for us to try to go back and to recreate what was created then because God does not give his people old manna even though it was good then, but he has something fresh for us today. And that's why it's important for you and I to understand that we must not just have the written word, but we must be sensitive and we must have an ear to hear the spoken word or the rhema word of God. Now, we find in the story of Jonah, anybody, everybody familiar with the story of Jonah? Everybody heard that? Okay. I'm not going to take us all the way through it, okay, but we are going to visit it. We're going to start in chapter 3, we'll go backwards, and we'll run right up to where we start because I want to talk to you about the power of one obedient voice. The power of one obedient voice. Jonah chapter number 3, I'm going to read these 10 verses. You can stand for the reading if you're able. If not, I totally understand. Do not uh, feel bad about sitting, but in reverence of the word of the Lord this morning, and then I will, I, I will just dive into this thing, okay? Jonah chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Say, so, second time. <laughs> saying, Arise and go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. And now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered himself with sackcloth, and he sat down in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the degree of the king and his noble saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you for the reading of your word today. I thank you for these precious people under the sound of our voice this morning in this sanctuary as well as those online today. I pray that you would anoint this vessel to speak your word with power and authority that only comes by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory for all that is accomplished today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord today. It is important this morning for the church to realize that we not only have a responsibility to share the message, but we have been given power to do it effectively. Now, I question sometimes how effectively we have been considering that we have had this glorious gospel for a little over 2,000 years and we still have 3.2 billion that has not yet heard Jesus. 
I am concerned this morning about all of the distractions that are currently taking place in our world that keeps us in a place where we continually say, well, if we had, then we could, whatever the short things may be around us. But notice with me, all too often we are guilty of focusing on the darkness and the struggles of trying to reach the world, which then takes us to a place where we fall short of showing the next generation how to effectively fulfill their assignment. Because what they do, they see us failing and accomplishing what we say we should be accomplishing. A few things has to be examined. Many of you are familiar with this passage of scripture, I know. But I want to revisit it this morning with you. And there's a few things that we know about Jonah that I'd like to share with you. Number one is this. He was a man that was called by God, just like you and I. Jonah chapter number one, notice this. Not only was he called by God, but he was also visited by God for a very specific task. Jonah chapter one, the first two verses of that simply says, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. So he was given an assignment because of his calling. And yet we find, and you know the story that he rebels against this. We also know this, that Jonah, the meaning of his name is simply dove. Now, all throughout Scripture, we know this, that the dove is representation of the Holy Ghost. So, this morning, I want you to keep that in the back of your mind because we're going to start a little slow maybe, but if the Lord helps us, we'll end real well this morning if you'll stay with me. So, Jonah not only was called by God, but he was given a voice to speak in a manner that the dove would speak, okay? Thirdly, we know this, he was born in a town just about three miles uh, away from Nazareth where Jesus himself was born. We know this, that Jonah, when he arrived on the scene, we know that Nineveh was probably the capital city of Assyria. Assyria would shortly dominate this entire region and Assyria would take Israel into captivity and they would be a force to reckon with until the year 612 BC. Meaning this, they was a large force of power and authority and God would use them mightily to bring correction and judgment to Israel, not for their destruction, but to take them to a place of repentance so they once again could walk with the favor of God. Let me remind you this morning, any correction, any judgment that is administered by God is not for your destruction, but it is for you to come to a place of repentance. Notice the word of the Lord says, he chastens those that he loves. Listen, I witness, I never experienced this too much because I was the good kid, but I, I witnessed the love of my mother in action chasing some of my siblings around the house to bring correction to them because of bad things they was doing. Never had to do that to me too much. Just talk to Alvin and Mike and a few others. They'll, they can verify that, you know, but 
She never did that out of malice. She never did that out of hatred. She did that because she loved us. Do you hear me this morning? We know this about Jonah as well. We see that even though he was called by God, he had this problem. And I know none of you have this problem, so, so I'm not talking to you. Lord, forgive me. I'm talking to every one of us. He had this problem. He had a problem with obedience. He wanted to do it his way. And by rights, he had every reason to not want to go to Nineveh and to minister to the people of Nineveh, who was the Assyrians, because they was the ones that was bringing hardship and, ju- and difficulty to his people. Understand that. But God called him and said, I want to use you. I want you to be an instrument for me. But Jonah, he had a problem with, with obedience because in verse number three of chapter one, notice Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarnish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarnish. So he paid the fare thereof and he went down and he went from the presence of God. He said, I'm not going to do it. Let me ask you this question before I go any further. How many times has God said something to you and you just said, I'm not going to do it? Don't get quiet on me now. I'm just getting started. How many times did he say, won't you, won't, won't you pray for, won't you, won't you go show somebody some kindness and love? Oh, that's just silly. That's just me. That's not God. Would you normally think that way? No, you wouldn't. You just, you just didn't want to obey. Listen. When people began to obey, things happen. Let me give you a couple before I go any further in this message. I was in Fleming Neon, Kentucky, day before yesterday, in the midst of devastation. A man that I do not know comes and grabs me by the arm and says, are, are, are you part of this relief team? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, can I take you to, I need to introduce you to somebody. Who do you need me to introduce me to? He said, I need to introduce you to the pastor of that church right there because he needs help and you need to help him. Yes, sir. So I walk in and I meet Pastor Mark. And he breaks down and he cries and he begins to tell me his story. And and, and they had started doing some things that I just don't know what to do. And I was like, well, I said, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. And I said... If you'll listen, I'll help you. So I walked through his building, and I said, this is what you need to have your people do. You got to get this insulation out of here. You got to get this stuff ripped out here. You got to get air moving here. So I was using what little bit of knowledge I had. And, and, And as I was doing that, Pastor Mark Sarver is with me, and he taps me on the shoulder, and he says, Pastor Russell? I said, yeah. He said, I don't know what it is, but he said, I got to help this pastor breaking down. I said, what are you thinking? He said, we're standing in the sanctuary and it's broken. Half of the walls are gone. And he's like, we got to raise the money and we got to pay for the drywall and all the stuff to put this church back. So this morning he's raising money this morning in his church to put back a church together for a guy that he had never met because he obeyed that little still small voice. But the story doesn't end there. I took some photos when I was there, and yesterday morning I got a call from another pastor friend of mine in Louisiana, and he says, Ron, he said, I saw some of your photos. And he said, I I see the devastation. We're going to come and work and help you and do all those things. But he said, that picture of that church, he said, 
He said, I saw that picture and something happened in my spirit. And he said, I got to help that church. He said, how can I help that church? And I kind of gave him a little bit. And then he started weeping and sobbing. And he said, what about the pastor? And I said, what about him? He said, does he have any other source of income? And said, I don't believe so. I said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to meet with him this week. And he said, well, you find out. He said, the Lord told me I need to put him on my staff. I need to pay him like he's working for me here until all of this goes. You hear me? Obedience brings about a moving of the Holy Ghost that begins to touch the hearts of men where they began to do things that normally would not be done. Now, you hear me this morning. What I'm getting ready to deliver to you in the next few moments in this message is probably one of the most powerful and most important messages that you will hear this year. Not because I'm preaching it, because it is a rhema word of God for you and I in this season in our nation. And we better listen because can I tell you, lives are hanging in the balance. Jonah, he had a problem. He didn't obey. It was his rebellion, please hear me, that caused the Lord to send a great wind into the sea. I got to ask this question. Is it possible that what we're seeing take place in our nation, this great wind of destruction... We want to blame it on Washington, and we want to blame it on evil men, and we want to blame it on on the darkness of the demonic pits of hell. But is it possible this morning that much of this great wind that we're seeing is because of the rebellion of the people of God that chooses to sit idle in a place of apathy Sunday after Sunday instead of in the hands and feet of God? I must remind you and I this morning, James writes very clearly, when you know to do right and you do not do it, it becomes a sin unto you. Uh, It doesn't matter how pretty we sing. Uh, It doesn't matter how many offerings we give. Uh, But when we refuse to walk in alignment with Matthew 28 uh, and to fulfill the great commission uh, and to go into all the world, starting with our neighbors, uh, when we think that's not important, uh, we begin to walk contrary to the word of God uh, and a spirit of rebellion sets up on the church, and when rebellion is present, there's always a wind. And I'm not talking about the wind that sat down in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, but I'm talking about a wind of judgment. Let me just say this in the loving way that I can this morning. You and I do not have the privilege to choose what we will obey and what we won't obey. We're either in or we're out. Notice, Jonah, you know the story. I don't have to give it to you in its entirety. But once he got on that boat and the wind began to come, there was a storm. And, and the mariners that was out, they, they began to pray to all their idol gods and everything. And they, they went and awoke Jonah. He was sleeping because he was in a place of apathy, a place where he was not able to hear the things of God in that moment because of his rebellion. And they woke him up and he began to look around and he realized, oh, what have I done? And we find that then he says, throw me overboard. 
And it's like, what in the world are you talking about? But as they threw him overboard, the wind ceased and he was swallowed up by a great fish. He stayed in the belly of that fish for three days. And then he was vomited out upon the shore. But the only reason he was vomited out in that moment, we find in Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. It was this cry that caused the grace of God to call Jonah a second time. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm glad this morning that he is a good, good God, that he's a faithful father. That it's not one and done with him because if that's the case, none of us would be sitting here today. But I cannot tell you, you're sitting here today and you've experienced the presence of God this morning because of the simple fact that his grace and mercy is still extended to you and I today. And I've said all of this because this is where I really want to begin this morning. After this unbelievable event took place in Jonah's life, we see him become a man that ushered in an unexpected change. I sincerely believe this this morning after spending time along with God. I sincerely believe this, that there is an unexpected change getting ready to take place in areas of our nation because of a cry of repentance that's been going up in recent days. I know men of God, women of God that's laying on their face saying, God, whatever it takes. One man's obedience was about to create a shift in the atmosphere. Now, I'm not concerned about what everybody else is going to do. I'm only talking to you this morning, and I'm going to ask you the question. What are you going to do we have falsely led people to believe they are okay if they just check a few boxes that man has created and everything is good but I must tell you the truth this morning in love and tell you this morning Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20 has not changed for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no cease enter into the kingdom of heaven. But I must also give you and tell you that Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 has not changed. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. I could also reteach or re-preach this morning, Matthew 25. There was five that was wise and five that was foolish. Can I tell you, all of them was virgins, but only five went in. Please hear me this morning. This is not about callings. This is not about giftings. This is not about positions, but this is about obedience. And I have to ask the question, and I've asked this question to myself, am I truly walking in a place of obedience for the will of the Father in my life? Not based on how I feel, but I'm asking, am I really walking this thing out in obedience? True righteousness only comes when obedience is manifest in the lives of men and women. 
Matthew 6 and 33 has not changed either. And I know it's challenging in the culture that we live, in the world that we live. But can I tell you, it's still, it's still what it's always been. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We spend 98% of our time trying to make provision for the things that we need when God says, if you just give me 98% of the time, you wouldn't have to worry about any of those things because I'd make sure you had them. Hear me. We see in this passage of Scripture in Jonah chapter 3, Jonah arises reluctantly, but in a place of obedience, and he goes to Nineveh. He's a day's journey into the city, and he begins to cry, and he cries aloud. But this is the thing. He begins to speak the word that God told him to speak. It wasn't just a word. And we find that as he begins to go in and he begins to proclaim, something happens. Wicked men, I can tell you they're wicked because that's what God says they was. Chapter number one, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah and he simply says in verse two, arise, go to them of that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. The wickedness of Nineveh had came into the nostrils of God and into the vision of God in such a manner that he said, I cannot ignore it any longer. And therefore I must send someone to tell them that destruction is coming. But... He sends a man in this wicked, vile environment, an evil man, the king that was leading Nineveh and the people of that hour. He removes himself from his throne, takes off his royal garment, sits down in sackcloth and ashes and writes out a degree and simply says, no man, no beast, uh, nothing of the field shall eat or drink water these days, uh, but we must cry aloud because we don't know if he will forgive us or not, but we must do something uh, in case he will change his mind. And God saw their works and he repented of the evil that he would have done and he stayed his hand of judgment. Why? It's because because one man became obedient uh, and he was willing to speak the word that God had for that hour, uh, but it was the word uh, spoken through and by the Holy Ghost because Jonah the name uh, meaning dove, uh, the word for that hour with the Holy Spirit present in that hour even caused wicked, evil men uh, to remove themselves from their throne uh, and they began to cry aloud and repent. Uh, I come with an uplifting message this morning. Maybe you don't realize it but can I tell you this morning I know a lot of people saying oh it's over it's over it's over but I got good news that I believe that there's still more than one man that's rising up in this hour and there is a holy boldness coming back to the platform of the church across America and there is about to be a proclamation of some words that God's going to deliver in this hour we're not going to say what they said back then but there is a prophetic man coming 
back to the platform of America and the prophet's about to be heard. And as he begins to speak, he is going to be anointed by the Holy Ghost. And even while the church people may sit idle and complacent, there is going to be some evil men, says the Lord, that's going to take off their royal garments. They are going to sit down in sackcloth and ashes, says the Lord. And they are going to repent. They are going to cry aloud. And God would say, I am not yet done with your nation, but I am going to raise up a remnant out of her that will touch the world, says the Lord. Hear me this morning. Uh, I, I didn't come to tell you uh, that we're going down defeated, uh, but I did come to tell you uh, that this thing that's been presented to you as the gospel uh, and as the church uh, in many social media platforms uh, and with many things that has got the intellect of men, uh, you're going to witness it crumble in the days of head, uh, ahead. Uh, but there is getting ready to be out of the rumble and out of the ashes, uh, the true uh, bona fide uh, Holy Ghost field, uh, slowly and anointed by God uh, that's going to rise up uh, and they're going to begin to speak a word. Uh, and can I tell you this morning, uh, you probably won't like some of the things that is said, uh, but if you will come into alignment with it, uh, if you'll come back under the blood, uh, if you'll come back to the visitation of the cross, uh, if you'll come back to the things that God has for you, uh, there will be victory in your house. How I'm hurrying this morning. We find that Jonah reluctantly, but in a place of obedience, begins to walk into this place filled with wickedness, uh, filled with destruction, uh, filled with uncertainty. And he begins to cry. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. I want you to pause with me just for a moment, and I want you to just get this in your spirit. A man comes in begins to speak 40 days and you all are done 40 days it's over 40 days God's bringing judgment to you you may you may be eating and drinking and doing all the things you're doing now but 40 days from now it's over but it begins to change then they get in their hands a possession from their king no eating no drinking don't don't feed your beasts, don't feed your cattle, don't water them. An atmosphere that was just doing whatever it wanted now has suddenly changed. Now think about this. If you've ever been out in the country at feeding time, get those old cattle. They know when they normally eat. And they'll start bawling. Think about a whole entire region of nothing been fed, nothing been watered, and the sounds, it's starting to come up from the earth. But then in the midst of that, you've got voices of wicked people crying, oh God, forgive us. All of a sudden, everything has shifted. And it all shifted because of one man that was willing to use his voice and then we sit today and say well I'm just insignificant and I just don't have any talent and I just don't have this and I just don't I just don't know what I can do but if I could do something 
Just use your voice in the manner that God's gave it to you. You see, Jonah, it doesn't have a list of talents and it doesn't have a list of special things attached to him. It's just he was a man that God called. And the power that he possessed because he walked in a place of obedience, his voice began to cause a disruption that caused a great revival to take place in Nineveh. Now, notice the king didn't just say, don't feed, don't eat. But he simply said this. He simply said, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? But he said, God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil because of the simple fact that the king of Nineveh said this. Once he laid off his robe and covered himself with sackcloth and ashes, he simply said, let every man, every one of them turn from his evil way and from the violence that is his hands. He said, let there be a complete life change amongst you. Everything's got to change. Everything's got to cease of what we was doing. How is it? And this is what I asked the Lord. How is it that Jonah's voice was so powerful in that moment? There was other people of God in the region, but yet wickedness was still abounding. Jonah was not the only, only man God had at that time. There was other men around. But what was it about Jonah? And I believe I can break it down in this manner. When Jonah come into complete surrender to the commission that God gave him, and he began to move in that place of obedience, then the definition of his name, the dove, is what began to happen in his life. When he came into a place of obedience, there was an empowering of the Holy Ghost that came upon Jonah in that moment in a manner that the Word and the Spirit of God walked in the Nineveh together and it caused everything to change. Can I tell you this morning, when the Word and the Spirit comes together in a region, even wicked men cry aloud. And I'm here to tell you this morning, as sure as I'm looking at you, I know deep down in, you know how those old timers would testify, I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. I know that I know that I know. In my knower this morning, in the midst of everything that I see going on, that I know that God said, I'm bringing my word and my spirit together and you are going to see a dispelling of wickedness and you are going to see a time of repentance this morning the power of one obedient voice you say why does that have to do with me and I'm getting ready to close with this here's what I want you to understand you and I have different platforms we have different circles of people that we influence 
you may not stand behind the sacred desk and deliver a message and spit on people and scream at people like I do. But that does not mean that you're not a minister of the gospel, but it means your platform is different. And there will be people that listen to you when you use your platform but they will listen to you differently and you can cause a change in your atmosphere, in your environment and within your circle. When you are one that will get to a place where you will call out to God and say, God, I need you. He is faithful to bring a now word to you and then when he, the Holy Ghost, is present with that word, you can begin to be a voice and the obedient voice that you can possess can change the environment of a family, of a community, of a state, of a nation, and nations of the world. But it only happens when someone is willing to be the voice. As they come to the piano this morning, by one man becoming willing to preach this message, the message that God bid him to preach. Even though it was a word of judgment, because it was delivered out of the mouth of the dove, it pricked the hearts of men in such a manner that they did not just hear it here, but they heard it here and they realized we can't continue as we are. I sincerely believe that I've heard the Lord say in recent days that once again I am sending my dove with a message that's going to cause evil men to step down and weep. I sincerely believe this morning that there are nations getting ready to experience great disruption from the cry that's getting ready to come up out of them. Many will not understand what is taking place the remainder of this year, and I understand that. But for those of you under the sound of my voice, while you began to watch many things unfold in coming weeks and the final months of this year, I want you to remember this message. Because can I tell you, there is men right now and women right now that have resisted, that has been somewhat fearful of operating in the prophetic realm of things because of the environment of what we've been, just been through the last few years. But there is a releasing of them. And there is a prophetic voice getting ready to come up in the church as well as in this nation. And there is regions that's getting ready to become God portals. You've heard me speak this before, but I am sincerely been led to believe by the Holy Ghost that this Whitewater Valley is getting ready to become a God portal. And many of the things that happened in this area that started on the riverbanks on east side, Brother Larry. And it started and was in the old garage on Georgia Avenue. 
that then migrated to the top of 10th Street Hill and then migrated over the 25th Street in a little block building. There is a revisitation of the Holy Ghost that's coming. I got to restate that because the Holy Spirit just checked me in my spirit. It's not coming. He says it's already here and present. But he says now I'm just waiting for my, I'm just waiting for, for my vessel to step into alignment with my word. Can I ask you this question in love? How much longer will you remain silent? I'm not concerned about your past failures. I'm not concerned about where we stopped and started. I'm not concerned about all of the mess back there. But, but today, right now, God, you know, you know in your knower this morning that God has called you. You know that God has a plan for you. You know that God wants you to be part of certain things in, in ministry. Why are we still sitting? I want you to hear me today. The Holy Spirit is hovering. It's hovering. But when we come into that place of obedience and the word begins to be spoken from that place of surrender and the Holy Spirit is present, it produces a cry. I'm here to tell you there is a spiritual disruption coming to the halls of Congress there is, there's disruption coming to this administration. There is disruption coming to state houses. There is disruption coming to the sanctuaries in America that have been playing with the things of the world. There is a disruption that is coming. But out of that disruption, can I tell you, there's a cry of repentance getting ready to come up out of the body. Oh man, I gotta quit, but man, I... That which the prophet Elijah saw is getting ready to be manifested in this hour. And I believe by the end of this year, you're going to begin to see it. What did he see? It hadn't rained for three and a half years. It was a time of famine. It was a time where it seemed like everything was gone. But all of a sudden, after the altar was rebuilt, after the fire fell down, licked up the sacrifice, he simply says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Anybody remember that story? But notice with me, he sent him six times, didn't see nothing. The seventh time he goes back and he comes back and he says this, I believe I see the cloud the size of a man's hand coming up out of the sea. He prophetically got insight in that moment of what's getting ready to happen in this year and going into 2023. That picture that he saw right then coming up out of the sea, sea is not water in that in the prophetic realm. It is simply this, it is the body of Christ uh, and there is something getting ready to come up. It is a, crowd, uh, a cloud of glory getting ready to come up out of the body of Christ uh, because there's some men of God and women of God getting ready uh, to speak the word uh, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, and there is about to be a revival that comes and shakes this nation uh, as well as the nations of the world. Uh, I ask you, will you be an obedient voice in your circle in this hour as you stand to your feet this morning? Uh, I want you to lift your hands if you'll say, God, uh, I'll be the voice. I'll be the voice of obedience.
You say, but preacher, is it really, really important for me to walk in that place of obedience in my life? Yes, it is. Because Abraham was willing to obey the word of the Lord and to offer Isaac his son, he became the father of faith. Uh, because Noah was willing to walk in obedience to build an ark, he saved his family. Uh, because of Paul being obedient to the voice that met him on Damascus Road, uh, he gave you two-thirds of your Bible uh, in the New Testament, uh, and he was a man that uh, simply turned the world upside down. Uh, because Daniel refused to eat the king's meat uh, and walk in obedience, uh, he was delivered from a den of lions, and he was promoted within the kingdom. Uh, can I tell you Moses uh, because he was willing to humble himself and remove his shoes at a bush uh, where nobody was around. Uh, he began to be a deliverer of a nation. Uh, can I tell you it's not about what you do when people are present uh, but it's about what you do when nobody else is around. Uh, can I tell you this morning uh, I hear the Lord saying uh, I've got a bush that is burning in the presence of my people. Uh, I just need them to take their shoes off uh, and get in alignment with me uh, because I have a work in this this hour Amen. right now this morning you under the sound of my voice I know it's a little different maybe this morning but you'd say preacher I hear you this message has pricked my heart in some way and I know that I've got to surrender I'm not asking I'm not questioning your salvation this morning but you say you know what I know there's things that God's called me to and I know that I've been doing a lot of other things and it's not really been my focus like it needs to be because I've got stuff going on I, I, I'm busy I'm busy I'm listen I'm busy too not everybody in here is busy no more excuses but you'd say you know what I know God's calling me it may be in the gifts of service it may be the gifts of helps. It may be ministry of any kind. It, it's not about the position. It's not about that. But it's about, I know God's called me to be a voice. God's called me to be part of the body. And this message has pricked your heart right now without delay. I want you to step from your seat and I want you to come and stand in the front of this building. We're going to pray over you this morning. And as you're coming, I'm going to ask Pastor Austin to come join me on the platform this morning. If there's anybody in this room, I want you to come right now. I don't know what you're waiting on. But you'd say, I, I, I know, I know there's things. But this morning you'd say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to be that voice. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Go ahead and grab you the orange mic back there if you would, please. As you're coming, as you're coming. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you. Uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life and as you can continue your walk with Christ continue your walk with us as well follow us uh, click in the link below in the description there follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe uh, I feel like a youtuber here but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us um, and thank you for joining us